Can I just say one thing? That is no. the key. No. Can I say, <laughs> Moving on. Can I say, can I say two things? <laughs> millennials, young people, right? Please tell me that's what <laughs> <laughs> What the oh, fuck are millennials? God. You are millennial. Uh, oh am I a millennial? God. You're younger. Well, I'm not I that think, young. I think John is not. You're I'm a gen. Not, I missed it by a year or two. You're gen X? I think so. Well, he's, an old, I, he's an old fart. Exactly. <laughs> here's the thing. Wait, hold on. Here's the thing. Nobody likes millennials. <laughs> I don't know why, but why? there is this massive stigma in our society about millennials. Like, about being in, entitled assholes. Sorry, yeah. for millennials, but, but <laughs> that, that is the stigma. Change the attitude. <laughs> which, which I used to share until I found out that I was a fucking millennial. All right, here we go. And I am incredibly excited. We are back. With season two, Rise Above the Ranks, most of you have probably heard by now the news, which is that David and I have now officially merged with John Grauman, who has the best eyebrows in Los Angeles, if not California, maybe America. Maybe the world. And the most handsome realtor in Los Angeles, maybe California, if not the world, Adam Rosenfeld, to now form Bond Collective. We are so excited about this. Um, these guys are insanely insightful, smart, poised. They have a completely different skill set to David and I. They're actually calm and collected. Um, so we thought that this was an amazing opportunity to have you guys join us forward moving. Each podcast, as you know, we're going to cover three to four topics of news that we're following. Um, we're going to give you our take on the story. And the whole idea of this podcast is that we want this to be considered a 45-minute Monday motivational meeting. Get up, wake up, get motivated, and listen to the four of us. We all know 2023 isn't going to be the easiest year of our real estate lives. Um, but I can personally say with the three of you guys by my side, um, I'm sure that we're going to help everybody else rise above the ranks. And with that, let's rock and roll. I'm let's excited go. to be doing this. Excited to have you guys here. Let's talk about the merger for a couple minutes. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I think it's important to mention 2023 is not going to be the easiest year of real estate we've ever had, but it's not going to be the worst either. Absolutely. Right? I think not. everyone's starting to come to the realization that the market isn't going to fall off a cliff, that this isn't a housing crisis. We'll get to that more later, but like, <laughs> this is not going to be the worst year in real estate. This it's is really not, not 2008. Like, no. Big Short, let's not watch that movie because it's depressing. Great movie. Great movie. But this is not a subprime mortgage crisis. This no. is a correction from what was... An insane couple of years through yeah, COVID. a long overdue correction to the longest bull market in the country's history. Agreed. Yeah. Which was what, 10 years? Yeah, 10 plus years. Yeah. yeah. It was a great um, 10 years, I tell you that much. <laughs> it really was. It's when we've it's when, aged about 100 years. It's when oh we started, gosh. though. It's when James and I literally, I know you've maybe been going for longer than us. No. Okay. Well, oh, John has, I think. Because you've been in the business. Well, he's, sure. he's also the oldest. John is fucking old. This is, okay. my, this is my 20th year in the business. Oh, my but God. Oh, fuck off. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Why did you say fuck off with a British accent? <laughs> it's really British. British. I feel like it softens it a little bit. Uh, it does. It makes it crumbs. a little bit more, you know, palatable. Yeah. Let's hear crumbs. Uh, oh, crumbs. Oh, hey. <laughs> that was actually quite Very good. good. Wait, wait, this no, is we, why we joined forces. But yes, James, exactly. we started 10 years ago, so we've only known a bull run in this market. That's to be right. Fair, and by the way, that's crazy. most yeah. people, right? And most of the agents on our team are in their mid 20s, right? That means that the last market that was in a downturn, they were like in middle school. 
right? Most people, like, this is all they've ever known. Yeah. So it's going to be jarring for people because it's something outside the norm, but it's just more of a return to normalcy. It's just been so long. People forgot what normal looks like. 100%. I think it's an interesting time in the market as well because so many people have got into real estate, even Uh, in the last... 24, 36 months because the barrier of entry, let's be honest, it's pretty low. And everybody jumped in because it was this great business to be in where you could make a paycheck. And it's times like now where there's a correction. And I do think, and this is a harsh reality, those that aren't willing to go in 110% are sadly going to probably get pushed out. I think there was a stat that that just came out. My my mom actually told me this. So forgive me if I get this wrong, but it used to be something like 35,000 active licensed agents in Los Angeles, and it's yeah, like 25,000, yeah. 10,000 already wow. off the top. I saw some, another stat that I was like 27% that. down. Um, from, right. Yeah. Look, it's again, it's part of a long overdue correction because I think for a lot of people that really didn't know what they wanted to do with their lives or their careers, real estate's such an easy entry because yep. there is such a low bar. You take mm-hmm. one online test and poof, yep. you're supposed to be a fiduciary, right? Yep. And I always talk about this, that like if you're selling someone's house that's $20 million, that's a $20 million asset. Think about what a wealth manager has to go through to manage a $20 million portfolio. It's I don't so care true. if it's spread across different stocks yeah. and bonds and this and that. It's still a $20 million portfolio. They have to go through so much more rigorous testing and licensing and so forth. And somehow we're supposed to be a fiduciary with one online test. It's I went just- to law school. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Maybe the three of you should, and then we'll have something to talk about. <laughs> I love that. But, but, yeah, I but do... the bar- sorry, the barrier to entry, it's like one thing is like the barrier to entry into the, becoming a realtor, right? But the true barrier to entry is actually breaking in to becoming a top realtor. That's the barrier to entry. So So it's kind of like, you remember when you you leave school, right? And you think, okay, I've done all this work and I'm ready to go. And then you just stand there twiddling your thumbs, think, okay, I've actually got to go to work and get a job and build myself up. And I think that that's the equivalent to getting your license in real estate. That's just what it is. Well, think of it this way, man. You guys are British, you crossed the ponds, you've been here 10 years and you're truly living the American dream. You went in, you basically took one test, you took the skill set that you both were naturally born with and you're able to create the most beautiful of lives because oh. of the way the system is set up. Thank you, Ed. And yep. it doesn't work for everybody. Like I didn't start till I was 30 years old. And right. like you said, half the agents on our team are in their mid twenties and they're moving into this market terrified mm. and they still have five, six, seven years on where I started. Right. So like the grass is green for everybody. It's evergreen, right? And yep. the opportunities await, you just have to be able to ride through the cycle. And mm. as long as you can hang on, mm. good things are coming. Yeah. I so agree with that. And I think that you create your own opportunity in this business. So as easy as it is to get your license, if you put the time, the work, the effort and energy into becoming successful in this industry, anyone can do it, but you have to be willing to put in the work. And it's like, yeah, you've got the exam. I always say like learning to drive a car, you don't truly learn to drive until you've passed your test and you're on the freeway. Right. Similar with real estate, you can learn, do the online exams, do the state exam, but until you're in the field or you're door knocking or you're doing something to generate leads, which we'll come to, you're not really learning. So once you're in, that's when the fun starts. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Anyway, yeah. this is a fun partnership. And I think that for those getting into the industry, find a good business partner, right. someone you trust, someone you can have fun with, because you know this industry can get tough, it can be competitive, but if you can do it with friends that you truly love, have fun with uh, and trust, 
you can make it fun too. And I think yeah. that's what we're doing. That Look, that part's a blessing. That's just like icing on the cake. But just to yeah. have somebody that we can bounce ideas off of, mm -hmm. like how many times a day do we talk? Yep. Strategizing. I called you at what, like 7.30 this morning. Yep. I was like, hey. I didn't in, answer. Because yeah. I was getting ready. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So but I, fact, I called you back. He was working out. Bed, couldn't sleep. <laughs> had an idea about this deal we're working on. Let me run this by you. What do you think? And it just makes us better because Amen. the best ideas come from collaboration. Right, yep. so the, uh, that we have each other as these sounding boards, there's just so much strength in numbers. Four minds are better than one. What do they say? It's like there's no I in, <laughs> in the team. word team. Yeah. And that is so true. 100%. So we actually have to talk about some pretty important topics as much as I'd love to go on and on about our incredible partnership. Um, <laughs> but literally the things that we're dealing with every day of our yeah. lives, right? Interest rates have tripled since the pandemic. Debt has become three times, four times more expensive. Of course, we're seeing the market correct. Um, but we need to talk about interest rates, inflation, GDP. So they're saying that inflation in December hit 6.5%, which is down from 7.7% in October. Mm -hmm. GDP is up 2.9% in Q4. So the question I have for you guys is, do you feel like the housing market has turned around and that the economy is now stabilizing? Because there's a lot of talk on both sides of the coin. Yeah. Curious to hear your take on that. I think we're definitely headed in that direction. We've now had six consecutive months of, def of inflation coming down, yeah. right? We started at 9.1%. We're now down to 6.5%, which is great. There's a lot of evidence to support that interest rates have peaked that the highest interest rates were likely in Q4. And we've already seen some evidence of that because interest rates have started to come down now, right? We've seen a lot of buyers re-engaging the market because just in the last two weeks, rates dropped below 5%. Let's go. Right? Which is amazing. And a lot of economists and experts and analysts are all projecting that rates are going to kind of stabilize mid-year like Q2, Q3, and hover in that kind of mid-five-ish range. But right now, they're down in the fours, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, I right? borrowed in the fours. I was very happy to borrow in the fours, right? And I'm practicing what I preach. Historically, the fours are pretty good. We got spoiled. We got spoiled for years, with for these twos, 10-year IOs. Right. In England, for example, there's no such thing as a 10-year IO or a 30-year fixed amortizing yeah, loan. It's like two years, five years, They're, they're floaters. Right. They're yeah. floaters. And they float. They yeah. float, and which means that is very, very susceptible to fluctuations in interest rates. The reason we have a good market right now is because there's no inventory. Yeah. There's no inventory because everyone that is sitting on their house is either all cash or they got a ton of equity in it and a very good mortgage locked in. Yeah, right. That is a very healthy market that we're in, okay? Correct. For sellers and for buyers. Rather than toxic debt, right? It's, it's, there's, there's gonna be less foreclosures for that reason because people are comfortable sitting on their homes. That's a big deal. So how do we create opportunity out of that? That's the question. For agents, right. how do we create opportunity? A seller's sitting on a house, yeah. they got 2% debt, why do they need to sell? How do we as agents go out and create opportunity and find inventory? I might have a, a different perspective on this. You guys are, are consummate salesmen and there's the aspect of what we do as agents to try and generate revenue and build the pipeline. And then there is what we do as advisors, right? And maybe it's not the best thing to try and uproot people from their homes to move them into a new house when it's essentially a lateral move and they're gonna have to basically pay into a property tax basis that's higher than what they currently have and an interest rate that could be two to three times higher than what they currently have. So it's hard, and that's why I think we're at where we're at in the market where things are stalled out, and there, it isn't always the right time to move. So, you know, death, divorce, uncertainty, yep. you know, <clears throat> issues in life where people actually have to move as opposed to want to move, this isn't necessarily the market where it's about want, it's more about need. 
Side note, we should probably talk later about Adam's future on the team and what that looks like. You are way too fucking nice, but I love you. I thought I was bloody ethical. I mean, that is another level. We'll talk about that later. But no, I mean, in all all seriousness, I mean, he's right. There's always been life life events that necessitate the buying and selling of real estate, right? Like you said, life, Mm -hmm. life, excuse me, death, divorce, job relocation, any number of those things. But it is tough right now. And that sort of stranglehold on the market is what is fortunately helping to stabilize home prices. Again, it's a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's just adjusting to the new norm. If you look at what the last couple of years were, which were an absolute anomaly, the money was essentially free, right? You could borrow money at the same rate Mm -hmm. of inflation. Your it canceled property, out. It was your free. property okay, tax. Free money. Your property tax payment. No, your property tax payment, right? Yeah. On a purchase, and I know this firsthand, on an 80% mortgage, borrowing 80% of the value of the property was the same as the interest portion of the payment. Wild. So you've got property tax and interest being the same. But that's we're never, never going to see that. Well, at least not anytime soon. Not that's anytime not happening soon. again. But that's how crazy it was. Okay, the point is, right time, now, it's healthy. Uh, the antithesis of that is like yeah. when, when my parents were buying their first property in the States when they moved from Canada. It was 18%. Sure. Right? That is loan sharking to me. Like, it's unheard yeah. of. I don't understand that. Yes. So, and obviously, everything's relative. And prices would have prices then were For sure. sure. No question. Reflective. I mean, I think they bought it for 47 cents, but that's besides the point. Right. But like, well, okay, so what happens now? Because we're in this market where interest rates are going up. They're coming down. The Fed is trying to curb inflation. At a certain point, they pivot. And then what do they do? They start printing more money again. And then what happens? The inflation numbers rise back up. And like, how does that cycle ever stop? It, it seems... doesn't. And that's why it's a cycle, because it just keeps going. But it just seems and nonsensical. It... And how do you fix that? And how do we get to a place where we're more stable and the things we're talking about? We, we could go into communism, if you like. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it all is, though, right? This is cyclical. We're going yep. through a cycle. This isn't 08. I think we always have to bring this back to how do we use the news and data that we have at our fingertips today to go out and sell real estate, right? right that's the bottom line. Most of the news is just, you know, fear mongering. I saw a, a headline the other day. I'm trying to remember exactly what it said, but it said something to the effect of appreciation at its lowest point in the last two years. And it's like, that's a negative comment about a positive thing. It's still <laughs> yeah. appreciation. Of course. It's not depreciation. They're but just they saying that appreciation clickbait. has slowed. Yeah, of course appreciation has slowed, right? Just as the volume of transactions have slowed. But ultimately, again, it's just stabilizing. It's the market doing what markets do, which is correcting. This one's just long overdue. This is healthy. Look, what they sh- what yes, should have been healthy. done, not to spend a bunch of time looking in the rear view here, but what should have been done, because the writing was on the walls about hyperinflation two years ago, was about a year and a half ago, they should have started raising interest rates a quarter per quarter. A quarter mm-hmm. of a percent every mm-hmm. quarter. Just gradually ease the market into this. But nobody wanted to get off the ride. Right. Because it was too much fun. But right? do you think so in they retrospect until the ride was gonna fucking crash? Do you think in retrospect that's what they would have done? Like looking back, playing armchair quarterback, or they're saying, fuck, it's too late at this point. We're just reacting. I I wish I could tell you. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know if like I, to me that just seems like the logical, sensible thing to do is to do it just to sort of ease your way into it rather than like, you know, shaking the market the way that it did. But what do I know? All right, question. What Nothing. do you guys Thank think? You. <laughs> what do you guys think? And then we can move on the next quarter looks like. Obviously, we don't have a crystal ball. We hear different economists. What's everybody's take on the next quarter? Well, for, for one thing, just from what we're already seeing, right, is that there's already multiple situations. There's multiple offers yeah. on properties. I've spoken probably oh, to absolutely five agents are. today alone, some from our team, that already said they've lost out in multiples, yep. right? Well, there's still a massive inventory issue. That, yep. that, that's, that's, that's the key. But the truth is, you know, people may be paying a little bit more uh, interest if they're borrowing to buy a house mm-hmm. right now. 
but they're going to get the house they want. Yeah, and they'll refinance right. out of it. And when that's time correct. And you're they're not, not competing with 30 other offers. Mortgage rate. You're just dating it. There you go. Where'd you get that from? Where'd you get that from? You're just dating it. But that's it. You're not married to your rate. You're just dating it. Right. When a new, sexier, lower interest rate comes along, you can dump the old one. So here's and you've got and you still own the property you want. When we had it at two, sorry to interrupt you, but when we were at two percent interest or even two and a half percent borrowing rates or interest rates, it was a joke because. If I want to buy a house, I got to compete with 30 other people to get that property. Yeah. The chances are then I lose that one and I go on to the next one. And then I'm going to end up with a house I didn't really want. And I think it's actually a lot healthier when, when inventory is low, interest rates are higher, to actually wait and buy, back to your point, buy the property you want. And like I said, it might cost you an extra, I don't know, X amount for the first two years of carry. But once you refi, you end up with a house you want and you've probably paid a better price. And you've got the right rate of interest. But it's also an investment, right? Like people always think of it like, oh, I'm spending this money and I'm never going to see it again. It's just going into the piggy bank of house and you're yep. investing in lifestyle. Yep, exactly. So to your point, you're right. Wait it out. When the right one comes along, get aggressive. Regardless he, he of what the current one. environment yeah. is. James yeah. did it to me. He, he kippered me. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> said, and by the way, right I'm happy he did. And yeah. yeah, my payments are not where I want them to be right now, but they'll go down yeah, when I Yeah, the question is, can you... The questions are, does this house work for you and your family? Is this yes. the home you've been waiting for? And can you afford the payment in the short term? No. So hang on, let's bring it back and then move on. Okay. You're talking to an agent right now. You're advising them of how to talk to their clients right now. Quick, what would you say? What's the situation? Situation is how it stands today. The buyer's concerned. Oh. The interest rates are high. Should I wait two years? I, Should I keep renting? What do you say? What's I the just had this conversation with a client of my own yesterday who was kind of sitting on the sidelines like so many others waiting to see if prices would come down and keep saying like, look, I, I want to sell, but I haven't found anything mm -hmm. that I'd want to move into. And I said, Hills people. no, different. Oh. And I just said, okay, totally understand and appreciate where you're coming from. That's not likely to change. So what does need to change, right? We're all kind of waiting. Everyone's waiting for a wave of inventory to somehow balance the market. It's not coming. Mm -hmm. People have been waiting for prices to come down. I think we might see some adjustment to prices in single digits in the next six months, but mm -hmm. not much because of what we've talked about, the imbalance between mm -hmm. the supply and demand. Mm -hmm. you, see that said, as, you see that as Q3? Where? When? In terms of the, the shift, like if things are going to slowly come down, down, if there is a recession, is that in your mind, Q3? No, I think that, again, I think there's a lot of evidence that like, the worst in terms of the highest rates are sort of behind us. I think that rates will come back into the fives. I don't think they stay in the, the fours. Um, but we'll know a lot more, honestly, in about 24 hours yeah. when the Fed makes their announcement. And I expect they're going to raise interest rates, but I don't think that it'll affect mortgage interest right. rates. I think you see mm -hmm. mortgage interest rates hold mm -hmm. steady because it's already built in. It's and baked that's in. key. I think people read the news and watch the news and they see interest rates going up. It doesn't necessarily mean that mortgage rates are going right. up. In right. fact, rates can go up and mortgage rates can go down. And there's a very big misconception of how that looks. Right. Hey guys, just to stop down one second because I want to make an announcement, which is that we've got something really, really exciting coming up. We're going to be sitting down with Boomtown CEO, Greer Allen, to share our story about how we came from the UK with zero contacts and were somehow able to build a billion dollar business. It will be fun. It will be informative. We're going to talk market tips and tricks and all of that good stuff. We're going live on Wednesday, February 22nd at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So go to boomtownroi.com slash blueprint to save your spot. Let's move on. I think we've hit the nail on the head with interest rates. We got the pitch down. We want to talk today about millennial home buying. 
what the reports are saying, what we think about this generation and how it relates to the housing market, right? Millennials now represent 43% of home buyers, according to NAR. So what kind of advice do you have for agents to go out and attract them as buyers? I think, can I say one thing? That is no. the key. No. Can I say, <laughs> Moving on. Can I say, can I say two things? <laughs> Millennials, young people, right? Please tell me that's what <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck oh, are millennials? You are millennial. Uh, oh am I a millennial? Yeah, younger people. Well, I'm not I that think, young. I think John what is not. You're I'm Gen, not. I missed it by a year or two. You're Gen X? I think so. Well, you he's, an old, I, he's an old fart. Exactly. <laughs> here's the thing. Wait, hold on. Here's the thing. Nobody likes millennials. <laughs> I don't know why, but why? there is this massive stigma in our society about millennials. Like, about being in, entitled assholes. Sorry, yeah. millennials, but that, <laughs> that is the Change stigma. Change the attitude. <laughs> which which be... I used to share until I found out that I was a fucking millennial. <laughs> how old you're you're an awesome. millennial. Yeah. How old do you have to be to be a millennial? I think it's 1981 to whatever is the cutoff. And why are they call Because millennials, they were... Well, there's a Generation Z now. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Dude, but they, there's there's about like in the 2000s. Okay, millennials, let's just go back to it. If they're relatively young people, right? Which yes. you're not, but we are. It's are fine, we? don't worry. The millennials are, let's it. just say, like 30s. Okay, my point is, to that, the opportunity for agents, right, is that they can work with people of their own age group. Mm -hmm. That's huge. How many common threads as an agent sure. would you have with someone that's your client in the same age group? Which is you? why John represents a bunch of 60 and 70 year olds. And he does a good job of it as well. But that's point proven, exactly. But how are we Look, getting to the younger generation that are buying up 43% of... Mortgage applications Look, today. I'll say this. M millennials, God bless them, are the reason why everything's going to be okay. It really is. Because millennials are putting the greatest strain on the housing market that we've ever seen. More so than the baby boomers did. And they're coming into their own. They're getting married. Yep. They're having kids. They're establishing their careers. And they need housing. Correct. Right? Mm -hmm. Not and, one need. Right. Okay. Need. Yes. And the baby boomers, sadly, are starting to pass on and pass on their inheritance mm -hmm. to, to millennials. To, exactly. So like all of that, that's the reason why I look at all of us and go, we're going to be okay. Yep. Because there's just, again, the imbalance between supply and demand. We have not kept a pace uh, from a development standpoint with the growing needs of the population for yeah. 14 consecutive years since yeah. the mortgage crisis. Yeah. So how do we get to them? Uh, walk out your front door, pick up your yeah. phone, they're fucking everywhere, yeah. right? But yeah. I, I don't know, that's that's what I have there. No, I just think this is the age group. This, it's, it's, it's probably the best market to tap for people like us and yeah. for newer agents. Yeah. yeah. I think it's uh, it's not just millennials. I think it, it's Gen Z as well as, as they move into their 30s, which I don't think they're anywhere near. But yep. generation to follow. Yeah. And I think the way that we've conducted business over the last 10 years has changed dramatically. You know, it used to be that we were the gatekeepers as agents in terms of information, which we no longer are. You know, with the advent of Zillow and Redfin, mm -hmm. et cetera, mm -hmm. what's the expression? It seems like people searching on Zillow and it's like the new pornography. Yeah. Yep. Right? Oh God, the amount of 2 real, real estate is the new porn. Real estate is <laughs> the addictive. new porn. It's, yes. And it's addictive. So the way you get to them is very different than the way we used to market or the way people used to market to baby boomers, et cetera. You know, you're not selling real estate in newspapers anymore. Correct. You're not selling real estate on the MLS anymore. Great point. So yeah. what do we have to do? You have to pivot and adjust. And I think the way that's happening is obviously through our phones and through social media and through video. Mm, right. And Good what we're doing right now is what we're Honestly, doing right that's now. that's a great point. That's great what we're doing Right now. It's like, how do you target the demographic you're going after? You speak their language you speak their and language. you just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That's through digital, social. They're not opening the newspaper. They're not subscribed to the newspaper. They want to see a hot, sexy video on a property that piques their interest that they pick up the phone and call you it, over It's and so over. frustrating. It happens all the time. I have this, I'm going to call it an argument with clients religiously and regularly where it's like, 
well, what are you doing to market the home? I want to see in the LA Times. Mm-hmm. Why? Who the yeah. fuck is reading it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the point? All it's doing so is going to help me to increase my brands with yep. the older community. But in terms of anyone who's actually going to be buying your home, it's not going to be there. So let's yep. take the money and use it strategically and smartly and put it into digital assets. Right. But a lot of baby boomers who are sellers don't look at those things yeah. and don't understand, unfortunately, yeah. that that's where the action is actually happening. Look, that's well another, said. I mean, it's slightly off topic, but it's super important to what we do is, I think that, you know, clients are always looking for ways for us to justify what we get paid, right? What are you doing to sell my house, right? How are you finding buyers? And I always try to say to them, like, the buyers find us. Yeah. Like our job is to make sure that the house is presented in its highest and best light and to make sure that it's out there for everyone to see and that, again, it presents all of its highest and best attributes and so forth. And we use our sales acumen to be able to get you the highest price. But ultimately, if someone's looking for a home in Brentwood between 5 and $10 million, I don't have to go find them. Yep. But that's how it used to be. And right. that's why there's so you. much confusion about it. Right. They yeah. can find you. And for those that don't want to pay to have, you know, this highly produced content, highly produced video, just grab your iPhone, be consistent with it, take video footage, put yourself out there. You'll be surprised how many people you can reach by just doing that. Done is better than perfect. Amen. And as another guy that used to work for us said, if a picture speaks a thousand words, video speaks volume. Amen. I couldn't agree. Now, I want to read this because a report was recently released about millennials, and I found this really fascinating. So I want to read you some of their findings and tell me if you knew this, and then I want to take your opinion on it. Millennials represent 43% of home buyers today. Millennials plan to put less than 20% down. Not in Los Angeles. 92% (laughs) say high rates affected home buying plans. 63% plan to refinance when rates go down. 30% are unsure about the mortgage process in the first place. And 82% say a knowledgeable agent is crucial. What are your takeaways as agents on those findings? I I think I I agree with the last one. I think it's bullshit for people to say that. Not that it's bullshit, but that that a knowledgeable agent is crucial because the second they get a half percent commission sitting there from Purple Bricks or Redfin, whatever, like a knowledgeable agent goes out the window. It's where you're going to have savings. And I yeah, think but it, I think you actually get savings from having a knowledgeable agent. That's the yeah. argument. That's sure. absolutely true. Save you money you on the purchase. That value. And I'm saying, Correct. I think that's just the thought process that your average millennial or human being is going to have. Um, so big picture, the fact that so many of these millennials don't even understand what a mortgage is or how a mortgage works or that 40, what was it? Fuck, this is crazy. 43% of all buyers right now are millennials. Like, yeah. that's a crazy it's a massive statistic. number. It's a massive number, yeah. which again, ludicrous. it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Honest to God. It really it's is. Not, it's not like we forget. We're not like, um, you know, selling just an investment. We're selling a necessity. Right. right? So you don't see like the grocery stores worrying too much. You don't see the gas stations worrying <laughs> too much. We're selling a necessity. Everyone has to live in a house, whether they're renting it or buying it. What I take away from all of those stats is that 82% say a knowledgeable agent is crucial. And to me, that's the most important topic of conversation out of all those stats. Because no matter where you are in the country or in America or wherever you are in the world, knowledge is key. Information is power. And if you're a master at your craft and you know what you're doing, whether they can go and save one point on one of these websites or not, if you can provide value to these people, especially millennials, 
they will work. I think so, you can also, yeah. sorry, I think you make an argument that millennials are more informed than any other generation For because sure. the information is so accessible to them. And they, they know how to get YouTube that information. Videos, yes. right? they, they're on their, in, mm. on their Instagram, you know, if, how many times By the way, that's like, all I do anymore. Right. I don't watch Netflix anymore. I don't watch HBO. <laughs> Wait, I, just I on Zillow? I, no, I'm on YouTube. I don't have the attention oh, span YouTube, for whatever yeah, reason. I don't know if it's my phone. Or yeah, but I, she's four years old. Well, yeah. I mean, it, but that shows even more how crazy it is. That is part of it, that people just have shorter attention spans. That's why... You know, Instagram only had videos of certain length, and then they went to reels. I think that's it's what like, we're, no, we're losing Instagram after twelve seconds. Have you, I, have you fucking yeah. watched TikTok? It's crack. It's the only one no, I haven't. I, got. I, it's I, I honestly haven't either. Crack Thank addicted, God. and it's incredible. It's Is absolutely it? incredible. Don't mean to get off topic. I watched back to this dancing. Well, can, can, can I just say something yeah, on sure. that on that point? Right um, about was it? Did you say eighty three percent of millennials? So if I, I'm a realtor, I'm a realtor. I like to think I'm a pretty damn good realtor that knows my market. I fucking hate that word. No, realtor. That wasn't like the worst word I've ever used. Which one, realtor? What else? What else are we? Real estate advisors? Yeah. It's just too like too much. I just, realtor, I just, I can't. It has the stigma of like just wearing the pin and like, you know, walking in with your business card held out. I sell real estate. It goes back to this notion of the barrier to entry is so incredibly low and how do you find of those 82 percent that yep. think you know a knowledgeable realtor is valuable well how how do you know the distinction all right so there you go separate yourself well, from everyone else and don't call yourself a realtor okay but a real estate i sell a lot of real estate right and i with my Self flex yeah with my okay flex, flex i sell real estate i said i'm a realtor i, said, I, said, I, can't, I just want to get my point across that's get what i want to do across. okay i'm a real estate agent yeah and there it is. thank you and I still would not buy a house knowing what I know, and that's my job, that's what I do every day, without probably consulting one of you guys sure. or other realtors, yeah. so real estate agents. Yeah. So why on earth would somebody that's not even in the market feel comfortable making probably their biggest investment, one of the biggest yeah. investments of their lives, without consulting a true professional? Totally. It doesn't ever make any sense. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go to the doctor, right? If, if, if I have a bad leg, I think even Mauricio said that before, right? I'm going to probably go to the best doctor and pay more money mm -hmm. in order to get the best treatment. Sure. It's exactly, yeah. And now we're talking about uh, a $500,000 million, $2 million investment, yeah. which is going to grow over time and be the biggest investment in my you life. You get what you pay for. I'd be crazy not to call the best realtors. Yeah, totally. And there's four of us. I'm here. not going to all you can eat sushi and getting food poisoning. I'm probably going to Matsuhisa <laughs> and spending, right. spending a few shekels. That's right. But what if you can't afford Matsuhisa? This is an important topic but of conversation. It doesn't matter. You can still find value in other well, places. Well, you're going to go to In-N-Out Burger over McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, just Mr. Tears. McDonald isn't going to be happy with that comment. <laughs> but I mean, He's worked really hard to make his shit look better. In-N-Out is probably a little bit like yeah, high quality industry. on that level. This is why people all over the country are still trying to sell their home by owner because they think any idiot can do this. And yeah. where am I really getting value? Exactly. Do it myself so the bottom line is prove your worth. Hundred percent. Go out, be the best at what you do, and be the in and out. I think. I think my industry. point in this is that just because it's easy to get into the business doesn't mean you take it lightly. It's not right. going to come yeah. naturally right. easily to you. You've really got to come in, be gritty, grind it out, and learn the industry, learn the market, yeah. add yeah. value. If you think yes. it's just going to fall into your lap it's because not. you're charismatic or you're handsome or you're whatever like it's gonna it's gonna happen because you put the work in yeah and you're gonna get what you deserve yeah i couldn't agree you, more you, you yep. take out what you put in okay another topic that we are hearing about over and over and over again at least i am god five times a week ai yeah okay <laughs> this is a huge topic Terrifying. there's a lot of buzz yeah. around ai how it's hitting the industry especially our industry of real estate with the release of chat gpt 
we're starting to see agents use this tool to write listing descriptions, emails to clients, copy for social media, and there's so much more. Um, do you guys think today, as it stands, it's a good idea to use AI in our everyday? Well, okay, all the things that you just listed, those examples are positive examples, right? Those for are sure. ways to help us work more efficiently, more effectively. But look, technology is coming for every industry, ours included. For us, the challenge is to find new ways every week, every month, every quarter, every year so that we don't become obsolete, Correct. right? To so embrace we, it. So that we don't go the way of the travel agent that went the way of the dinosaurs, yep. right? Like to just make sure that there's still relevance to what we do and requires that human touch so that everything doesn't go yep. automated. Do we start to use it this early Absolutely. On? I, I want to use it right now. Hey, ben, ben, can I get my phone for a second? I want to, I want to real time this. Um, okay, whilst you're getting your phone and we're real timing. It's the mini. How can an agent use AI today to scale their business? I know I have my thoughts, but I'm really curious on, on what you boys I would, think. I, my first thought is that all the things you just talked about doing, right? Writing the copy, doing your posting and so forth. Mm -hmm. That's time consuming stuff that usually an assistant would do. AI can essentially take the place of an assistant in many respects. So to yes. me, if I'm a newer agent, I don't quite, not quite established enough where I have the budget or the means for an assistant. Use AI to your advantage to do all those painstaking things that probably you don't want to do. You're probably not as good at mm -hmm. yep. as the technology is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like that's not what we're meant to be doing. That's not our yep. highest and best use. Yeah. So that's my thought. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to actually um, make use of. I don't want to say cheap labor, but basically free services. This is incredible. This is just absolutely incredible. Adam's on AI. I'm, as on, we speak. I'm on chat GPT right now, and I asked it to write me an ode to John Grauman's eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. Are you yeah. being serious? Oh. <laughs> oh, John Grauman's brows. So bold and strong. <laughs> A unique feature that never goes wrong. With their arch, they express so much, adding to his allure with a simple touch. Oh my it's a poem? They God. are the frame to his piercing brown eyes, completing a look that sends hearts arise. Oh, please. They are thick, they are full, they are wild. A true masterpiece, nature's most beautiful child. Okay, if they could do that. That's that's oh my God. Do you know with what? Their grace, we don't they tell to a tale of a man who never fails to leave an impact with his stare, with his brows, he commands the air. So here's to you, John Grauman's brows with admiration and reverence we endow. For they are more than just a feature, they are a symbol of power, a true treasure. Okay. What that is, is amazing. I take my wow. hat off to it. Whoever needs to write like a best man speech again? Like that. Yeah. That yeah. unbelievable. Exactly. So now imagine that wow. on a house. Mm -hmm. What about using this to go out and find buyers? Who's the I'm buyer of a specific property? Like, think about that for a minute. Starting asking this technology to go help you find a buyer. Did you just type that in now? Just now. Unbelievable. All right, so let's try to find like a real world example here that you can plug in there for perhaps a newer agent that finds himself in a tough position that doesn't have, right, this sort of soundboard that we have. What do I do when uh, I'm going for a listing and the seller asks me to discount my commission? Oh. What do I do to rebut a seller asking me to discount my commission? On the yeah. sale of the house, just say that's so they know which industry it is. Oh. That's very interesting. On the oh, sale so of good. their home. Oh boy, I hope this works. It's thinking. All right, here we go. Wow. If a seller is asking you to discount your commission, you can consider the following steps. Jeez. Number one, explain your value proposition. 
Explain to the seller the service you provide and why your commission is justified. Highlight your experience, expertise, marketing strategy, and the value you bring to the table. Negotiate. Offer to negotiate on other terms of the contract, such as closing costs or timeline, but make it clear that you cannot reduce your commission. Explain that your commission is what allows you to provide top-notch service to the seller. Three, be transparent. Be honest and upfront about your commission and why it's necessary. Explain to the seller that a reduced commission could compromise the quality of service you can provide. And four, stand your ground. If the seller is insistent on a lower commission, you can choose to decline the listing or explain that you are not willing to compromise on the value you bring to the table. Remember that your commission is your livelihood and it's important to maintain your professionalism and integrity, be confident and communicate your value to the seller. And if you have follow-up questions or follow-up things you want to say to this to hone it even further, you just add on to it. Turn, Turn that into a short that email. into a short I mean, we can just leave now. I, mean, I was about to say, I mean, we're, we're out of business. Think again. Unreal. Like, Subject, request for commission discount. Dear seller's name. Oh my God. I hope this email finds you well. I can't I want you to I'm address hearing. your request for a discount on my commission for the sale of your home. I understand you're looking for ways to maximize your profit, but I would like to remind you of the value I bring to the table. <laughs> With insert your years of experience, I have the expertise and knowledge to effectively market and sell your property. While I'm open to negotiate on other aspects of the contract, such as closing costs or timeline, I cannot reduce my commission. My commission is what allows me to provide top-notch service to you, and I strongly believe that the value I bring to the table is worth the full commission. I would like to stress that a reduced commission could compromise the quality of service I can provide, and I want to ensure that I'm able to deliver the best results for you. If you have any further questions or concerns, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I would be more than happy to discuss the matter in more detail. Your sincerely AI. <laughs> oh my yeah. That's lord, amazing. that is yeah, fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. Fascinating. Yeah. I'm kind of speechless. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it comes off slightly generic at first, but the more questions you ask it, the more you ask it to do, oh, the it more it really it. hones it wow. in. Yeah. Wow. But like, wow. I'm thinking wow. of so many other things, like what I was talking about earlier about not becoming obsolete. Like one of the things that we do that I think is a really personal thing that we offer is, is mentorship. Like that's mentorship right wow. there in terms of coming to someone with a, you know, a challenging issue that we all face in our industry. That was great. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Yeah. But, but the only right. thing I'll say, look, let's let's equate wow. it to real estate. By all means, AI is going to be incredible and it's going to carry on evolving and use it for property descriptions, etc. But just as far as replacing us, right? Let's be honest. I don't think it's going to be able to do the comps, the values as we can, because zestimates are always wrong. For example, oh god, and that's I don't know stuff. if I agree with that. But think about it, because is it going to be able to take into account the terrain on the true, property next true. door? It's an algorithm. The view orientation. Yeah, yeah, true. For example, we can look at something on paper, but unless we walk the lot, we'll notice things. We won't notice things. True. Which happened so today. It's very. We subject. walked a lot. Yeah. We, remember, we were like, "Oh, there's more downslope in the front than totally. I thought. Yeah. There's more downslope in the there's back." There's some real estate so personal. Yeah. And I, I, do I don't agree. think we've got and realtors out there and up and coming realtors. I don't think anyone's got anything to worry about. Agreed. So I think the AI at this point- Embrace could just, it. Yeah, it could be a plus That's to all actually you help do. you out. All yeah. you can do is embrace it. It's only gonna, I think, potentially help the service we provide. Yeah. The scary part about it is what it does to the workforce. And I know we're a part of that workforce, yeah. but for the people that work to us- I mean, that's a different story and I agree with that. Or yeah. us, excuse so, me. Yeah. yeah. Then what happens? Do I people mean, become replaceable for AI? And I sincerely hope that's not the case. Me but too. Dude, I feel like I just got years of my life back. Like I'm thinking about all the emails that I don't yeah. have to sit there and think about what like because I'll put my own personal touch Especially on it. Especially you, JG, as well. Yeah, but if I can have like ninety percent of it, John, unreal. this will learn your tone and inflection and how you speak, and will start writing emails oh like God. it's coming from your voice. Holy shit! This goes back to a big conversation we had, and then we're going to wrap this up, which is about working smart 
right? And looking at ways to save time. Yeah. And I do think we will start incorporating AI into our daily business, emails, et cetera, to save time. I agree. I it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's going to be like a Google search engine. Like <laughs> we it. use Google. Yeah. We're going to use AI. Wow. I don't even think we can imagine the utility of this and what yeah. it's going to be and how it's going to affect every industry, I not agree. just yeah, obviously no, real estate business. Right. I I think about health and wellness, right? Like how this technology is going to be able to at some point read what's going on inside of you and in your body and be able to diagnose and treat and understand things better than our very feeble human minds can ever comprehend. So, so wow. bottom Pretty line, incredible. embrace it. We're yeah. in an industry wow. that's forever changing. Our industry is so intertwined with tech. Mm. As agents, we have no choice but to embrace it or it will take over and we will fall behind. Yep. Guys, this has been unbelievably fun, exciting. I think we've covered some unbelievable topics. Uh, I've certainly learned, so thank you guys. Once again, we're going to be back every week bringing all the hot topics to you. This is my esteemed business partner, Mr. Eyebrows, John Grauman, David Parnes, Adam Rosenfeld. I'm James Harris. This is Rise Above the Ranks. We'll see you next week.